Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, so welcome back. Super excited for today's show. Today's guest is Nick Bradley. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, Jason, I am awesome. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to be here. Well, great to be with you. We were talking Clubhouse, which seems to be something everybody continues to talk off the air because everybody is in doing stuff on it. It's been fantastic, but we're excited to have you, Nick. And for this, Nick Bradley is a world-renowned business growth expert who works with entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors, transforming good companies into great ones. Over the last decade, he has built, brought, and sold 22 businesses with a combined valuation of $5.2 billion. He also works with private equity and venture capital firms across the UK and the US leading business turnarounds, mergers, acquisitions, and scale-ups. Co-founder of the Fielding Group, the growth accelerator that helps companies improve business performance. And he's originally from Australia and is now dedicated to a strong background in physical fitness, completed 67 marathons, 27 ultra marathons, and he's a qualified personal trainer and performance coach. So Nick, I love it. I mean, so we, we <laughs> go everywhere, there, right? Because I, I don't know, um, running is, is one thing. I, I, I run every day and I did 2,500 miles last year. It's, it's something of uh, just, a, it's a constant part. I did a couple ultras last year. I got to catch up to you here from this part, <laughs> but this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm I back. It, this is, this is great. We can go so many different ways, but what, stands usually to separate a good business that's doing doing well doing okay from a great business yeah i mean and, and this is an important question actually because um <laughs> the gap between good to great is is not necessarily that huge right but the gains that you get when you get to great or outstanding as i sometimes call it as well are, are so much more significant so making that final step is critical to to really getting to what a lot of entrepreneurs and founders want to achieve with their business. It's a little bit like, and I've never done this, but I imagine when you're in the last piece of climbing Everest, which isn't very long, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it might only be a couple of hundred feet, but it takes you six hours or something like that, as I've been told. Um, and that's, that's kind of what it's like. So good, good companies, you know, they make money, they have uh, reasonable processes, they have capable people, they they do all right, you know. So so there's nothing wrong with a good company. The only issue is that they're not always sustainable. They're not always predictable, and it's quite easy for them to get derailed and then become an average or a poor company. So and, and little things can do that. So the market could shift, and the the pro problem that you used to solve with your company is no longer a problem that exists. It becomes obsolete. Um, all of those things become risks. So you know, a great company or an outstanding company has a number of characteristics that all work in its favor. You know, things like it has a very clear vision and purpose underpinning it. It has a profit or, or, or a pathway to profit. It understands exactly how it's going to create value from that. It has a very clear value proposition, which effectively means it, it understands the market. It understands who it wants to serve. It understands the problem that it solves in a unique and remarkable way. It has a predictable flow of the right customers coming in, driving recurring revenue. It has a clear set of processes, procedures, systems, which underpin the foundations of it being able to scale. 
and it has high caliber people. But more importantly, there's a culture that's, again, underlined by performance, but it's intentional in terms of its values and behaviors. So all of those things are areas that you can improve upon. There's six of them in total. All of those things, when they are optimized, are going to create the highest value that you can, particularly if you wanted to sell your business one day. So of co- across the 22 businesses that you've brought and sold, um, how many have had all the underlying, uh, I guess, properties here, the six, the six components that, that haven't been fully utilized? And how many have you saw the, the company just missing completely off the mark, but with you coming in there, you'd be able to transform it? Well, every single one of them has had, you know, there's 24 now, actually, I need to update that. Uh, every single one of those has had the, the six peaks of, of value creation, as I call it, has had them optimized um, to a certain level. The, the best way to think of this is, you know, you, you're not going to get them all to 100%. It's very rare that you get them to 100%. Sometimes, you know, businesses that sell um, like a unicorn for over a billion dollars, and, and I, you know, I've been involved in a couple of those. They, they do tend to have things like that in their favor. But the other thing they have in their favor is timing, you know, being in the right place in the right time. So what is more typical, and to your question, is that most of the businesses that I have got involved in, I've gone in as part of the journey. So I'm not a startup guy. I'm a scale-up guy. I've gone in when the, the founders have already done something pretty damn good, but then they've, they've lost momentum or they've run out of ideas. And then I'll normally come in and, and do the, the, the next part. And every single one of those businesses has had a couple of those peaks really good. Like you're not really going to improve them, Uh, but they've had either two or more that are just not where they need to be. And the best way to look at this, um, Jason, is you're not going to necessarily have them all, as I said, 100%. But think of it like an engine. If one of the six is out of tune or not firing, let's say it's a valve or something like that, then it's going to make the whole machine not run very effectively. And you've got to look at it like that. You want to get them all working in some form of unison for the business to perform at the highest level. So is it usually the, the management or the ownerships um, in your experience identify that they're, they're losing, lo- losing progress or losing pace and on that part, they need to help this or, or are you able to identify these companies seeing that they're, they're falling off their trend and, and be the lead into saying here, here could be a solution I'd love to talk to you about. It's, it's normally the former. So, so what happens, what happens is, um, and, and this is an important point actually, because because I believe that people who start businesses are not necessarily the ones who can scale them. Mm, that's true. And, and that comes down to two things. It takes a different mindset and skill set. And that doesn't mean that the founder of a, of a business that started up can't change themselves to be an effective scale-up leader, but it does usually mean an evolution of their identity. Okay, and that's quite an important piece to understand in, 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 in the context of all this. So what normally happens is, Someone has had some success, could be a founder or a founding team. They ride that momentum and they kind of think it's just going to continue because they've had that early success. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's not really like all of a sudden one day they turn up. It's more like, you know, the whole idea that, um, you know, you put the frog in the, in the boiling water and you turn the heat up slowly. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the frog doesn't realize that it's boiling to death. Yeah. It's kind of that. Yeah. So the first signs are normally, hold on, how come we're not growing? How, how come month on month, the sales aren't going up? How come people are leaving? How come, you know, we're getting some poor satisfaction surveys or whatever? There's different metrics. And then all of a sudden what happens is they go, 
oh my God, we now got to panic. Right. And then that doesn't help from the psychological and emotional state. And then they get stuck in this paralysis of not knowing what the next move should be. So that's the state. So I normally come in then. And it's quite funny, actually. I mean, I don't mean it in a humorous way. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's such a predictable stage of business growth yeah. that as soon as I walk in the, the door or I jump on a Zoom call, I can see it straight away. Got it. Which usually you're, when you have that, because it's such a, a familiar step, what's that first thing that you usually say that, that you point out to them or, or, or the first piece of advice that you generally find is, is pretty, well, I don't know if it's standard, but, but pretty throughout on most businesses. It's, all, it's always, the reason I start with the first, the first peak is purpose. Is Got The it. reason it's that is usually the founder or the purpose. founding team has forgotten why they started the business. Yeah. Um, and, and, and let me give you two other parts of that. Cause I think, again, it's important to understand Pur purpose is the intention. Sometimes it's called the why. So why the hell are you doing this? And sometimes that's not necessarily about the business itself. It might be that I want to create freedom for myself, financial freedom. It might be that I want to change the world, create an impact, but there's two other parts, right? So firstly, do you know what you're doing? Do you remember? And then the, the next part is, do you know exactly where you want to be? So do you know where you want to go? And do you know why it matters? And then the last part of it is know where you are now. So if you know that you want to be here, you know that you're here, you know why it matters, then you can start to build a strategy for building the, like the building blocks, if you like, to go from that those two positions. And once you get that clear, once you get the clarity of these, the start point and to some extent the end point, things start to accelerate pretty quickly, even if you don't touch any of the other peaks. I could see that, right? Because so many times as you're growing businesses, it, it becomes that part here where you're you're either potentially bringing on people to help you before you're ready, or you're 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 you know carrying 34 plates and realizing, man, I need help, right? And sometimes if the mission was A and you're all the way out at Z because now you're doing you know the administrative work, the account work, all these other parts, and you forget that part, and I could see things quickly quickly unravel. Um, is there of the 22 companies, is there a certain space that you'd love to stay in or, or are they across all different, um, we'll say investment vehicles, what's, what's usually the breakout of businesses that usually can benefit most from the six part approach? It, it doesn't actually matter. Um, and um, it's, it's interesting. So um, I, I tend to be, because I'm talking about um, fundamentals that drive value, those fundamentals are the same in every business, if you like. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose the best way to articulate it is it doesn't kind of matter what sport you play. You have to have a certain level of fitness to be able to play at a high level. Now, of course, every sport has different nuances about what level of fitness. And of course, if you move into skill set, then you are definitely starting to get into industries to your point. Yeah. But I'm talking about just the base fundamentals to perform. Um, and I've applied this in services businesses, law firms, accountancy firms, things like that. I've applied it in fintech businesses. I've applied it in real estate, which I know you're into. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'm talking about the things that are going to make the business successful overall. How do you carry forward uh, the, we'll say, marathon or ultra marathon mindset into your business analogies? Because I use it a ton. I want to hear your side of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this comes back probably more to a personal belief than it does actually, um, you know, making it something that's somewhat tactical. I, the reason that I do, I run, I run for lots of reasons. I, I run because it, um, my, my grandfather actually was the first Australian to run a marathon after having open heart surgery back wow. in 1984. And I was there when he, when he came over the line, he did it in four hours. It's behind me actually. 
four hours and seven minutes wow. <laughs> after having double bypass like you know crazy wow. so um i started getting into running really because i was inspired i was only 10 years old when that happened and um so I, I do it for that but but i do it also because i i get i do a lot of my thinking time on a run so i will often run with no distractions i'll just go out and run sometimes i'll listen to audiobooks and podcasts and i get a lot mm -hmm. of learning so i find it for that but the main reason i do it is I think the mind, the mind is a muscle as much as, you know, the, the body is full of muscles. And the more that you can work the mind in various ways, challenging ways, ways that would maybe feel totally crazy to other people means that when you are faced with any type of resilience, sorry, any type of challenge that you need to be resilient around and you need to have the grit and the fortitude to be able to face that, my personal experience is it makes it a lot easier. So there, if I'm dealing with an, a really hard negotiation worth millions of dollars and I'm sitting across the table, I know that I've trained my mind to be super strong and my emotional state to be super strong so I can handle myself in those situations. So it's a byproduct of all the training that I've done. I love that. I actually, we just moved to Tennessee. So, so that the weather has become more fair, but I, I lived in New Jersey before this and <laughs> right. I, I run every day. And so, you know, if it's raining, snowing, sleeting, hurricane, you know, beautiful out, just run. It's, and it's that part, right? Cause I think so many times we find a way that, Oh, I'm just gonna, well, tomorrow will probably be a better day. Or if I just had, you know, I think it would be more, it, it, it'd probably be better suited if I just wait to, you know, to try this out next week. Or maybe the, the call shouldn't happen today, but if you just can exercise your mind that regardless what it is, that can set you so far apart from, from the other parts because no days are gonna be perfect. There's never gonna be a great time. Every time is gonna be right now. And if you just continue to find ways to push it off, that's why we have so many people that, that find themselves 10 years out being like, man, what just happened? I know. I know I could accomplish more and I know I still can, but I just can't seem to get started. And it's because you're, you're constantly looking for that, that thing that, that you believe stands out there that should be that right moment to start. Right. And, and just, yeah. just never, never really. Well, I was going to ask you, cause I think you've articulated there is, is your um, philosophy similar then? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've found that really setting up my morning has been the key to, of course, it, my wife is number one key. Family has grown and put up part, but me setting up my morning so I can be completely, so I'll get up at, at, at 4.32 a.m. Um, I get out, have a glass of water. I meditate, um, do a few other exercises in between, and then I'll run. And I do that every yeah. morning. And, Similar you know, to me. Some, yeah, and, <laughs> but it's that part where I've created a win that no matter, you know, that the, I can come back and now be invested, you know, have time for family. My Peely will get out, do her thing. And it gives me that time now that, okay, the day goes and I'll have it set up. It's not going to go perfect. So, you know, some days it will be better. Some days it just won't be to the part, but I've created the, the winning environment in the morning that regardless of how I look back, I, I've accomplished that. And then yeah. on that next stage, okay, so cool. Next day, same thing. And then at least you have controlled the environment. And it feels so many times, people can't understand why, why they, they'll get stuck in a rhythm. It's because they wake up in chaos, right? The alarm goes off. Maybe they hit snooze three or four times. They're running. Now they they stubbed their toe. You know, their kids need breakfast. They got three calls in the morning and, and then they'll run into their day and it just filled with chaos. And by the end of the day, they said, I can't do this anymore. And then they'll just go right back into it the next day. And it can, it's almost like you never get off that hamster wheel and it continually revolves until you say, okay, I gotta, I gotta change something now. And it's for, that would probably to me equate to business too, right? I think 
for us, sometimes we just moved again. So we're, we're, we're now um, hiring down here. Um, sometimes the hardest thing is to hire, right? When you're taking on that first person, it's like, you got to stop everything when you don't have the time to stop. But if you don't stop and train that person, either it's going to be an unsuccessful hire. And it's also not going to allow you to do the things that you need to do to continue pushing the, the business forward. And then I fall into that trap that you spoke about where I'm missing the mission because I'm doing, you know, every, every little task that I probably shouldn't. Would you agree? No, well, I, I'm, I'm, I think it was Jocko Willink, who's an ex Navy SEAL who has the saying discipline equals freedom. Yeah. And, and the whole concept, if you do a few things that come across as challenging or difficult, the things that most people won't do, you end up living a life that most people will never experience. Right. And so, so I'm similar to you. I have a very structured life, but the, you know, it wasn't always like this. I used to, it used to be more Neither. chaotic. And, yeah. um, but as I started to bring structure into it, intention, then um, I managed to achieve more things and also I was much more happier in it. So uh, it's interesting actually though, but, but I'll, I'll give you this when, when sometimes the structure gets disrupted, uh, that's, that's an interesting challenge and it's right because you end up having these habits and routines. So we talked a little bit about clubhouse. My structure has been altered because of clubhouse the last few weeks. And also my PA resigned as well. Oh, got it. And, um, and, you know, so she was very good at keeping me in, I wouldn't say she's accountable. I'm very accountable anyway, but just managing all the competing things that are going on. So I, I like to think that, you know, the, the patterns that you need to have to be a higher performer are very, very clear. Uh, but sometimes you've also got to learn how to roll with the changes and be flexible. Yeah. Well, you have to give um, yourself grace too, right? It's that point where if you're not, you know, it's not and where you, you get back on, right? So, so you go off and that's where sometimes it's one day trickles into two. And that's how like why diets fail, right? People will go way too hard into it and then won't have the infrastructure set up. So they'll be like, maybe I just have one, one piece of pizza. And then all of a sudden now they're having a pie. And then three days later, they're on this like binge cycle, right? And because they, they haven't created the infrastructure, but you have the basis to say, okay, I know what I'm doing. I just, I, I have to have this moment where I got to give myself grace, right? And I, I find it's like the balancing act too. It's like people say, how do you balance like family and work and fitness? And well, you don't like, it's not like I'm balancing. Like I, I'm not here, like with the kids in my lap, like talking to you while I'm, I'm running, right? It's like sometimes one space is going to need more of my attention. And th that's of course, you know, where, where it goes. But in that part, they, each of them have this, this significance importance to me, right? So I'm, I'm sure if you're turning around, you know, 24 businesses at certain times, they need, they need different energies from you, right? And, and then certain times you have to, you have to allow them to, to, I guess, implement, would that, would that be correct? And you can't, I guess, be puppeteering the whole thing, because then they're not going to learn the flow that's going to make them successful. I'm just a big, I'm a big believer in leverage. So, yeah. so the whole, the whole concept is, is do, do what you like doing and where your energy is and then get everything else done by other means, you know? So, so if I think about it, I, I have, I have a very structured routine, which covers a number of areas of my life. So health and well-being is up there with obviously family. Then if I think about business, there's only three things I actually do in a week. Hmm. I'm, I'm either creating content. So I'm, you know, I've got my podcasts. I come on other podcasts. I'm, I'm putting out stuff into the world. Now that, a makes me feel good, but also it fuels a lot of the businesses that I have. So I sit above those businesses. So a lot of the various opportunities that come, come off my brand. Uh, then I'm either working with clients or I'm involved in sort of higher level networking, business developments, you know, talking about bigger opportunities, which would then come back into my, my system, if you like, my teams mm -hmm. to deliver. 
and my diary is, is color coded like that. So there isn't anything else. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and then that's why I'm super clear. So if anything else comes as a, a distraction into that, then I, I, I ask myself, well, that's not my highest power. So who can do it? You know, how can I leverage that? And that's the secret, both in personal life, as we're talking about now, but it's also the secret in business. Yeah. I love that. Right. And it, it, I, I I'd struggle with that in the past, just finding the most important things I'm to doing. Right. Cause you just, you end up, especially on, on a journey where, you know, you're starting a business or you're, whatever you're thinking about starting a business, you're, you're just, you're wearing all those parts and you don't realize that you're actually hurting the ultimate goal because you're, 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 you're keeping yourself away from the goal because you're doing things that someone else could definitely do better than you. And you're just trying to say, well, well, I got to do it right now because it's in front of me. So when, when, when things have now shaken up, so this last week clubhouse, last couple of weeks clubhouse and, and your PA has resigned. Um, what, what has been some of the steps you've been doing to make sure you're still aligning with the mission you just spoke about? Well, this is back back to the idea of balance and grace, right? So I, I I don't really believe in balance, and a lot of people don't like this when I say this. But I was like, I think you have seasons where yeah, you might one. be more balanced than others, right? But um, I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I did, and this I think may help people. We're in a pretty full-on state of lockdown here in the UK right now, so you can't really go anywhere. You can go to supermarkets to buy essential items, but there is no restaurants or anything like that, or cafes or anything open. Um, kids are home from school, all that. So because we knew that this is going to happen all the way through until March, I made a very intentional decision that I was going to focus as much time as I could, obviously on, on the business side of things, um, support my family as much as I can. But I thought it's a great time just to really go hard, yeah. uh, maybe sacrifice a little bit of the things that I wouldn't normally sacrifice just for three months, right? 90, 90 days. Mm. And then the second half of the year, I'm probably not going to really work. Right. So, so everything is massively out of balance for 90 days, but it's just 90 yep. days. So, so, so I, 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 I sort of give you that because right now the chaos that's sort of happened with clubhouse coming in, you know, me not maybe having to hire new teams, it's kind of fine because I was in the mindset that it was going to be like that anyway. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that happened in October, when I'm going back to take, hopefully take the kids back to Disney, that wouldn't be so good, but I'll make sure that I've spent time mitigating the risk of those things, you know, this, this side of the, this half of the year. See, I love that. And it, it goes fully to that part. If you, if you start looking for the way to put yourself all in, you get these things like clubhouse that pop up. Right. So, so the, the, the thing that comes that you're looking for. And so, um, and I think even with that, um, quickly, and I, I want to be respectful of your time. The first business you did is for, what, what was the, what was the biggest lesson you learned from doing that first business? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, before I answer that specific question, I'll tell you about my first business. I started my first business at 19 and it was an absolute failure. And I sold it for 3000 Australian dollars, uh, enough to kind of get me a ticket to move to Sydney and then, you know, do other stuff. Um, so it's funny when I started my career, I, I think I had something like four or five startup failures, which made me realize that entrepreneurial, um, that's that creative entrepreneur, the startup entrepreneur, that's not me. So, but I had to learn the hard way. Um, but, but I, I had a stint, um, about 10 years working in corporate, um, for some big media companies. And I was actually the, the marketing manager for men's health magazine in Australia. And I was involved in some really cool things. And, um, I learned the skill, if you like, or I learned that I had the ability to, to go and do what I followed on to do, which is kind of, you know, take these businesses to exit in that environment first. 
So when I started to get more involved in higher level deals, areas where there were more things to lose, more at risk, more to gain, but more to lose, I had already practiced for years. So, so now when I go into a business, you know, without sounding too um, brash about it, there aren't many businesses that I haven't been able to take to where they need to get to. In fact, I can't think of one that hasn't worked. Well, worked. There's a couple that probably haven't worked as well as I would have liked them to work. And that's often, and this is again, another one of those tough pills to swallow. It's often because the mindset of the founder mm-hmm. is not, not ready to go where he or she needs to go. Yeah. I love that. And that's yeah. hard because I, 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 I find that personally very difficult because I want to get the result. But I've been in situations where you just know that they have to work on themselves first or mm. they have to bring someone else in to run the business because they're, they're the ones that are holding things up. And that's hard yeah. for sometimes people to realize. Well, it's so true, right? Because I, I can see exactly what you're saying. Sometimes it's like you could see all the potential in that person, but you can give them every key to every kingdom out there, but unless they're ready to, to do it, like unless they're like, okay, I'm ready, like it's just not going to happen, right? And so- My, Mindset's so big, Jason. I mean, yeah. you know, people often say to me, what's the most important thing in business? You know, or, or they ask me, you know, is it mindset? Is it skill set? It's 70, 70, 80% mindset. Hmm. Because like, you know, if you've got the right mindset, you don't even have to have really much of the skill set because you can bring people in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, there's, there's, you do need to understand a bit of what you're trying to do, but there are so many um, businesses that have been massively successful where the founder just had a vision. Mm. And, and, then, and that comes back a lot to mindset in its own right. I, I like to say that running ultras is uh, 50% legs, 50% your mind, right? Because people oh, say, how do, you, how do you run 100 miles? Well, you, did the, you run 50% of your mind. <laughs> so. Well, I, one of the last big events I ran um, it was a while back now because I, I, I do less of the ultras now because I had some knee issues and things. But I ran the Vermont um, 100 kilometer. I did the, nice. the 100K. I didn't do the 100 mile. Yeah. And um, it was an amazing race. And I, I did quite well, actually. I came, uh, I think it was 19th out of about, 200 oh. and something, which yeah. all right. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like top five. I mean, I'm not a, but it was good for me, but I tell you what, it was so funny. I remember halfway through that race. Um, I, I ran basically a, um, what's it called a negative split where you run the second half faster. Mm. That's right. Isn't it? I can't remember. It is. Yeah. But I, um, I remember running the second half a lot faster <laughs> after having a breakdown halfway through, which is my body collapsed and I was mm. eating watermelon of <laughs> all things. And that kind of got me back in. But I remember that. And, the thing that was strong all the way through that particular race was my mind was strong the whole way through, even though my body was going through various dimensions. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that is the secret back to skill set mindset. Your mind is so much more powerful than people understand or really appreciate. I love that. I love that. It's so true, right? You're, you're, if your mind goes, it doesn't matter what shape your body's in. Right. And that goes on all parts of health and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Nick, this is this has been incredible. I, I could I could probably keep you on forever. I know you got Clubhouse. I got family. I got everything going here. So um, for everyone listening to, to find out more about you, find out more about the company, um, the giveaway, best places to find you. Yeah. So, I mean, um, as I said, I, if pe- people have a business and they want to learn more about the whole scale up piece, my podcast is the first place I send people to. Obviously, it's a free resource. And I often say I cover everything, right? So <laughs> the Ooh. first 20 odd episodes is my personal story, actually, because I needed to get That's it out there in the world. But uh, the podcast is called Scale Up Your Business. Um, it's obviously on everything, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Um, then if people want to look at what we do, if they've got a business, we normally work with businesses that are sort of seven figures, actually, that that have 
they want to get to eight and potentially sell. Um, the business is, uh, the website is um, suyb.global. So it's scale up your business, but it's suyb.global. And then if people want to get to me personally, and I, I try and get back to everyone quickly as I can, uh, DM me on Instagram uh, or LinkedIn message. And I don't get back as quickly as I'd like all the time, particularly with Clubhouse, because there's too many bloody messages. But um, I, off, I, I get back to everybody. So, so, you know, if you've got a question or you want to just learn a bit more, then that's the place to find me. Fantastic. Nick, thank you so much for your time today. Super appreciate it. Yeah, Jason, thank you. I enjoyed that. And thanks for some very insightful questions. I always appreciate that too. I love it. Well, for everyone listening, you, you heard the, the journey, the evolution, the, the mental mindset, all that Nick is doing and the steps. He gave you six steps to really transforming your company. And you can look at these and, and put this into your life and vision. So, so much awesome content here. Super appreciate you for listening. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. Cool. Thank you very much, Jason. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi million dollar deal in just a few days? We are breaking down our entire process step by step at a three day event happening June 10th through the 12th called you guessed it, multifamily live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.